Again, I wanted to thank everybody for, for joining today and being here. I, I know we are getting close to the holidays, as we just mentioned, and uh, schedules start to tighten up. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I wanted to talk about a topic today that's kind of near and dear to my heart, being here in Central California. It would be uh, pistachio uh, orchards and the irrigation systems uh, surrounding them and some of the opportunities um, and some of the new research that's been presented I have a unique opportunity here uh, as a part of Jane Irrigation to be involved with a number of different commodities that are grown commercially here in California. And obviously the pistachio industry is a, a very large one. And so I have the opportunity to work with a, a number of different growers up and down the state, and then also work with the different commodity organizations as well. So uh, hopefully I can pull some of that information in and then represent it to you guys and uh, maybe you know, give you opportunities to improve your orchards or potential orchards in the future. Yeah, and Corey, we feel really uh, thankful that you are with us today. You know, um, you're a certified crop advisor, you're a certified irrigation designer, and you're a certified irrigation ag specialist. Um, you've grown up in the Central Valley. You really know this business really well. And then, you know, lastly, and, and, and it really should be first, uh, I know how interested you are in helping make these growers successful. You really pour your heart and soul into it. So I know if I was uh, I was going to start a grow or I was growing, uh, you'd be my first call. So thank you for helping us out today and, and joining us. Yeah, no, I appreciate the kind words. And like I said, it's, it's an opportunity to connect with people uh, all over the world and uh, specifically here in California. Um, I'm always available and uh, we'll throw some contact info later on. Um, but again, kind of going back to the pistachio specifics of uh, California in general, if you look at California, it really represents a vast majority of the U.S. production of pistachios. Uh, there are other states that commercially grow pistachios, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, et cetera, uh, but really California is, is the bulk of that. So the bearing acreage is somewhere around 300,000 acres over uh, this past year in 2020. It just kind of depends on what numbers and statistics you look at. Uh, but one of the interesting facts is the APG says that uh, by 2025, we're gonna see about 400,000 bearing acres of pistachios. And that's due to you know, the fact that these trees take a long time to mature. So the, the time period from when they're planted to when they're bearing um, can, can vary a little bit, uh, but most of the time it's between five to nine years. And so there's opportunities for this acreage to continue to grow. And if you look at kind of the, the state in general and really where pistachios are being grown, uh, I'm kind of right in the middle of that. It'd be the Southern end of the San Joaquin Valley. So you're gonna have Kern, Kings, Fresno, Madera and Tulare counties really leading the way. And that represents about 270,000 of that 300 in those few counties right there. So looking back at 2020, obviously we know this has been a tough year for everybody in a number of industries, but there was a bright spot. The uh, pistachio industry had the opportunity to hit its first harvest of over 1 billion pounds of crop, which is really exciting. That's obviously coinciding with the Almond Board's current release uh, we just finished up their conference recently where they hit a 3 billion, billion pound crop for the first time. So at least two bright spots in the agricultural community. And I think there's you know, continued uh, bright outlooks going forward. There's gonna be new acreages being planted. And then there's also some non-bearing acreage that's coming online as well. And then uh, it is important to note though, that pistachios are an alternate bearing crop. So one year the harvest will be high and then the next year the yield is gonna be a little bit lower. And it tends to bounce back and forth. So a lot of growers, of course, always focus on the average. So it's always important to keep in mind. 
And then uh, kind of a unique fact and just kind of working with, again, a number of different growers, we're seeing really strong US demand and that's really derived from uh, some of the aggressive marketing that we've been doing in the United States. And then also some pricing changes that I've even seen at the supermarket locally, kind of watching the different commodities and where they're placed. And I believe those two in, um, together have really helped stabilize grower returns. It may not be as lucrative as it was a few years ago, but it's still a really valuable commodity and it's really holding value despite these large gains in production that we've seen. So Corey, we uh, export a lot of pistachios. Um, who, who else in the world is uh, our big competitor? Who else, is, uh, who else should we be watching? Yeah, Iran is always on the list. Uh, the United States tends to, to watch Iranian pistachio production very closely. Uh, on the world market, they tend to be the next biggest player. That's changed a little bit over time in the US. Uh, pistachio industry has done really well to put itself um, really in the, in the marketing position as the premium nut going forward. And so we still have to pay attention to what Iran is doing, but uh, traditionally Iran was about 40% of the global market. And uh, over the past few years, due to some harvest constraints, our growers' investments in efficiency and production have allowed them to surpass Iran. So it's uh, pretty exciting times here. That's great. So we've kind of looked at where this is happening and kind of what happened this last year. I kind of wanted to step now into the irrigation methods and what we've kind of been doing as an industry and what I see in the territories right now. And so most pistachios in California are grown using micro irrigation. And specifically that's gonna be your double line drip application. You can see in the picture on the left hand side there, I believe that's a third leaf pistachio orchard. And it's possible to irrigate pistachios with single line drip especially early on. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail uh, later on in the webinar. But uh, rarely will you see sprinklers or micro sprinklers used. I'm not saying that they can't be used or aren't used. Uh, but when you look at the number of acres in aggregate, I, I think really the uh, sprinkler world just doesn't really tend to fit what most growers are going for. Um, now with these drip applications, it's important to understand that there's kind of two main ways of going about it. Uh, they'll either utilize inline drip emitters, which is what you can see here. Um, it really kind of looks like blank tubing, but you can see the wet spots. There's actually an emitter inside the tubing there. And then there's also button or online dripper uh, emission devices. And those would be uh, visible on the outside. And we'll see a picture of those in a few minutes as well. But uh, a unique similarity between the two is that pressure compensating emitters are used in a vast majority of these production areas. And that's because they allow for precise applications of water and nutrients, especially when you're doing fertigation. And so with a high value commodity like this, we definitely wanna maximize our opportunities in implementing pressure compensating is one way you can do that. So starting with the inline style of emitters, uh, Jane Irrigation obviously offers a number of different micro irrigation products and specifically for pistachios, we have a few that are extremely beneficial. So our Amnon premium emitter line is our class leading uh, inline emitter. And basically that's a combination of a precision engineered drip emitter. So you can see in the top left-hand side, and then that's packaged and combined with our 100% virgin resin tubing. And that's really important because there's a lot of discourse in the industry about emitter A versus emitter B and what growers prefer and past experiences. But if you take a high quality emitter and you place it in substandard material and you use that in your tubing, you're not maximizing the value of what you're, what you're purchasing and what the potential of your orchard is. At Jane, we feel like we bring the best of both worlds where we have this leading class emitter, but we also have 
this opportunity to package it with some really great materials. And one of the things that makes Amnon really unique is that it has a wide variety of flow rates. We can get down to a 0.27 to 0.29 gallon per hour flow rate and then get all the way up to a 1.06. And that really allows us to combine that with a number of really unlimited different spacing options to make sure that we're matching your soil type or matching your uh, irrigation set sizes appropriately. So we can really fit any farm or application. And then again, the CNL feature for Amnon is really uh, an opportunity to differentiate ourselves in the market. We're one of very few manufacturers that can uh, offer this technology in inline emitters. And CNL or check non-leak is a technology that can really allow you to implement pulse irrigation. So if you wanted to um, try and improve maybe water infiltration on some marginal soils, so you're not having uh, runoff or standing water and you're losing it to evaporation, you have an opportunity to have this emitter, and I'll kind of jump to the next slide, uh, that will close down when your irrigation system shuts off. That's kind of putting it in layman's terms. Technically speaking, it's an opportunity where the uh, diaphragm inside the emitter closes when the system falls below 3.6 PSI and does not allow water to continue to drain out. And so that's really important because if you go back and you say you want to irrigate in eight hours, you don't have to fill up that irrigation system again. Now you have another opportunity where I talked about with these flow rate uh, sizes and different changes we can do. So if you use maybe the low end of the flow rate, you can increase your irrigation set size. So instead of maybe being uh, stuck with a half gallon dripper like many of our competitors would offer, we can offer you something with a lower flow rate, but now you can irrigate more acres at one time. Maybe that helps you offset field labor. Again, these are all just different opportunities that we're bringing to the table with that same leading class technology in the tubing and in the emitter. And then of course, these are all pressure compensating. That can allow for longer run lengths. That can decrease your capital costs up front when designing and installing an irrigation system. Or if you look at it and you say, you know what? I wanna save money in the long run. I, this product has a wide PC range. It can operate down at seven PSI. So now you can design a system that runs at lower pressure. Pressure is derived from energy and energy is derived from your pocketbook at the end of the day. And we know that energy is not getting cheaper, especially in this state. So Amnon really brings all these different features in and gives you an opportunity to say, this is the right product for my orchard and my application, no matter where you are. So going to the online style of drippers, Jane offers the click tip button dripper, uh, as most people tend to call it. And it still is a pressure compensating regulation and it still offers that superior field performance. We do have a few flow rate options in that as well, half, one, two, and three gallon per hour flow rates. And it is also available with the check non leak feature. So again, pairing that click tip with the Jane Premium supply tubing, that's gonna maximize the value of your investment because you're combining that plug resistant performance of an industry leading dripper, but you're also combining the industry's leading warranty of uh, 12 full years on the uh, heavy wall extrusion products. So that's a unique opportunity where most others can't do that. Corey, 12 full years, that's, that's a long time. How does that compare to the rest of the industry? It's definitely an industry leader. And I think on average, if you look at most of the competition, they're usually about seven years. And it's also important to look at in the details. It may not even be a full seven years or um, even if they have a, a, another number in mind, a lot of those actually tend to be prorated. So you're not even covered in full maybe the last two or three years. So it's always really important when looking at purchasing products 
that you talk to your irrigation dealer and say, hey, what, what are you offering me? What is the cost? But also, what's the warranty on this product? What's the background going to be like? And I think that's something that uh, more and more growers are growing keen to. Yeah, wow, 12 full years. That really does say a lot about how uh, Jane feels about their quality. Absolutely. So we've looked at a few of the different types of setups. Here are really in uh, kind of full, I wanted to show you guys the opportunities to look at these setups in practice. So this picture on the left-hand side is actually the description that I have right here. So this is uh, on a young pistachio orchard and we used our Amnon premium emitter line. We had a 0.42 gallon per hour emitter with a 30 inch emitter spacing. And then when you start breaking it down based on tree spacings and flows, we come up with 13.6 emitters per tree roughly and then you get about 5.7 gallons per hour per tree. Your application rate is 0.028 inches per hour. And so we were able to irrigate 80 acres in one set with about a thousand gallons a minute. So what I also wanted to talk to you about was going back to that low flow dripper option and some of the different things that we can do. Now, we, if we went and we took a 0.29 gallon per hour dripper and we shortened the spacing even to 24 inch, because maybe you're worried about lateral water movement at a lower flow rate, you can still run a single set irrigation on a quarter section, 160 full acres with 1800 gallons a minute, which in most large scale farming operations in California, achieving 1800 gallons a minute is I'd say fairly feasible to do. So think about being able to irrigate a single set, not switching, not paying somebody to go out there and change sets, uh, we know we have technology options that can help you with field labor, but this is just an opportunity to, to irrigate your crop all at one time just by making a dripper flow rate change, not even changing the class of product that you're using. So looking at maybe the click tiff or the online style of emitter, um, here in this picture in the left-hand side, there's actually a straw there. These trees have not been planted yet. It'll be done in the spring but it's common for growers to place a click tip emitter or two at the base of newly planted trees. And then as those trees mature, you can add additional emitters to match the demand uh, of those uh, trees as they grow. And so something like this would be your first and second year, you have a single supply line of tubing, and then you'd have two drippers. And then maybe your third and fourth year, uh, you can add the second line in and then add four drippers. And then fifth year on, you can continue to add depending on your flow rates and your demand, but Maybe you do something where you have 10 to 12 drippers uh, per tree with a half gallon each. That gets us back to that, you know, five and a half to six gallon an hour range, uh, which is what, you know, we tend to see a lot of growers going to. Corey, is there any other advantages to using those button drippers? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a few things. Uh, some of that I'll go into in this slide. One of the first things that comes to my mind is obviously being able to put water right where you want it early on. So if you have, again, these, these young trees that don't need a, a ton of water early on, and you don't need to wet the you know, 16 feet or the 17 feet between trees, you can make sure that you're putting water right where you need it. I think that's a, a great opportunity. And then of course, early on, because you only have a few drippers out there, your demand for your irrigation system flow rates lower. So maybe you can run larger sets. So at full build out, maybe you only run 80 acres, but early on you can run the full 160 because uh, your water requirement is so low because there's fewer drippers. So just different opportunities to uh, kind of work within the farming complex there. Um, this slide will illustrate some opportunities as well. I've seen more and more growers taking advantage of the higher flow rate 
uh, button style emitters. So as I said earlier, we offer up to three gallon per hour. I'm seeing a lot of two gallon in the market as well. So what they'll do is they'll have two gallon per hour drippers, a total of three per tree. So this drawing here on the left-hand side is something I did. It's not drawn to scale, but I think the idea is there. So early on, what they'll do is, is they'll put one dripper here at the base of a tree. And then over time, what they'll do is they'll add drippers 36 inches from the center of the tree line on each side to offset. And then that'll create basically like a triangle of water, if you will. And then that's how they'll irrigate long-term with that six gallons per hour. And then the next tree, this is the emitter that was started. And then they add these two later on. So just some opportunities there to do things a little bit different. And so when you're looking at buying less drippers and then obviously the less labor that you would have to go back and reinstall those drippers, um, installing three versus 12 or 10, uh, that's an opportunity maybe to save up to $200 an acre just on the equipment costs. So a unique opportunity that I see some growers going to. Again, it just has to be what fits your farming operation, but with the different flow rates and all the different spacing options, I think we can generally find something that fits everybody's needs. So I've shown you kind of what, we, what we've done this last year, where we've been doing it, some of the products we've been using, but I think it's really important to understand what have we looked at when we think about pistachio irrigation as far as how much water do we need? I think that's continuing to change. I've had the opportunity to, again, go to Pistachio Research Board meetings, go to UCANR meetings, and see some of the different research that's being presented. And so I believe that the pistachio water demand is actually starting to evolve, not because the trees are maybe necessarily changing, but our understanding of what the trees have actually been needing and are doing is starting to change. And so some new research that's come out and uh, presented by the Pistachio Research Board has shown that, you know, quote down here, 20 to 30% lower in some cases is the water demand of trees at certain time periods. And on the left-hand side, I have a, a slide here. This is a set of KC curves and ET numbers as presented by uh, Dr. Goldhammer, who's done a, a ton of work in the pistachio industry for many, many years and has done a fantastic job. But our understanding of these KC values, which is what the crop is demanding at a certain time period, is starting to change. And of course, location, soil type, salinity, those are all factors that are going to change uh, ET demand of pistachios. But if you look here, zone 12, 14, 15, et cetera, those are referring to kind of microclimates, micro areas of California. And so maybe zone 16 might be down at the southern end of the valley. That might be you know, Kern County or something like that. Um, but even then, we're, we're saying between 40 and 46 inches is what you need. Well, that, those are some really, really big differences in total water demand when you start thinking about large acreages of these crops coming online. And so, we, as we said earlier, the soil type on that specific farm is going to change how you're going to irrigate. The salinity in that soil is going to impact those trees as well. So here's an opportunity to look at these changes. And so this is presented from that same meeting. And basically what we've done is we've looked at the original KC curves uh, from what we've done in the past. And then these are some of the new research uh, KC curves that have come out. And so uh, highlighted in blue is areas where the tree is actually demanding more water. And then areas in that orange color is actually where the tree is demanding less water than we previously had thought. And it mm -hmm. wasn't that the research before was wrong. I just believe that we're getting a better understanding, looking at things with new technology and new, new set of eyes. So you, I, I added a column for the difference. And then what I did was, is I took the ET numbers 
from uh, near Fresno, California uh, over the last year and then applied it with the KC curves. But literally just by using different KC curves, that was basically a six inch difference of water demand. So not only was there a six inch zone demand, this is within the same zone using different KC curves, we've had a different demand from these pistachio trees. So there's a lot of information here that I just threw at you guys, but I wanted to show you how you can get this water use for your field specifically, not thinking about, okay, what's this whole area of Kern County? And then what's this set of KC curves? I want you to be able to get your own KC curves. So with our Jane Logic and AgriLogic satellite partnerships and uh, offerings that we have today, what we can do here is we can get you the water use of your specific orchard we can get you the uniformity of that orchard. And essentially by tracking these things, we're developing a KC curve for you every week because we're looking at the weather, but then we're looking at the plant response and we're bridging the gap between the two and eliminating all that guesswork that we just looked at. Because I threw all those numbers at you and you have to track all this in a spreadsheet and every orchard was gonna be different. And to highlight that, I have four fields here. This is a grower that I work very closely with. And these four fields are all contiguous. It's 540 acres plus or minus, and it's all planted together. It's all in pistachios. It's the same rootstock, it's the same spacing, the same irrigation system. They are identical. And you can see that in a given week here, and I just picked a random time period in this last season, these are fourth leaf pistachios. They used different amounts of water as circled in green. And if you look to the far right column, the ETC for the entire year, the water demand for that year to date, they're different in every single field. And early on, you might say, well, maybe that's not that big of a difference, irrigating 21 hours versus 22. And you're, I will say you're probably right. But when we get to some uh, deeper parts of this presentation, those tend to add up and there's a significant amount of savings there. So looking at HyperGrow, which is the satellite imaging that allows you to look at what the plants are actually using in your field. Basically, it presents it in that uh, chart format that I showed you earlier. So some data, some analytics there, pretty straightforward. But if you say, you know what, I don't wanna look at charts all day. I'm a visual person. Here you go, you get this image. This is an image of a pistachio field in Kern County. And you can see some, some pixels here that are different colors. This is on a red to blue gradient. Blue being high ET or high water demand red being something that's on the uh, very low or extreme end. So you can see we picked up some orange here around this yard and shop area, but that's because there's nothing planted there. Up here, there's actually, I believe there's a well or a, a filter station. Um, but as overall, you can see here, this field's actually very uniform. To verify that, a simple chart to look at, I just looked at a six month run of this field. So uh, really from uh, December all the way back to June, you can see that this field was at or above 95% uniformity of water demand, almost uh, all the way up through the end of harvest, which I, obviously during shaking, defoliation, things like that, it's obviously gonna occur. Um, but nonetheless, you can see that very easy. And so it's an opportunity to look at data that's presented in easy to view formats, and then you can go and take actionable management with this data, not overload yourself. Now, where this really helps you, and we talked about that 22 versus 21 hours, but here's an example of basically being able to go and take the water use for each of your specific sets or fields, and it gets pulled into our Jane Logic irrigation scheduler. 
And then a recommendation is made to say, Richard, I need you to irrigate this block for 22 hours. And you're gonna say, Corey, why are you making that recommendation? Well, somebody like myself comes out and I look at your irrigation system and I verify how much water you're putting on. I verify your distribution uniformity. We look and we make sure that all of your um, crop numbers are set up right, your spacings and things like that. We get your application rates dialed in. And then we're looking at the weather. We're looking at what the plant response is in between. We're meshing all this together. And then I'm giving you a simple recommendation. You don't have to be an agronomist. Yeah. Just tell you how many hours this needs to happen. And that's very easy to communicate from the top down in a farming operation. It's, hey, this many hours. You don't need to know what inches are. You don't even need to know gallons. You just need to know how long. And then what you can do is you can actually track that schedule. And throughout the season, if you implement technology further, you can see uh, here in the graph that I have, you could follow along and see how tightly you're tracking compared to ET and making sure that you're keeping up with that crop's demand. So as I mentioned earlier, I talked about salinity. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't go into a little bit more detail on it. I believe that you know, when you look at uh, some of the new research that's come out, it really started with them focusing on salinity and its impact in the orchard. And then that's how they started to find some of these other KC values because they had to look at orchards that didn't have salinity in it. And when they started looking at the water demand of those orchards, that's when they said, oh, wow, these KCs are actually maybe a little bit different. Um, but it, salinity does impact ET of trees. You can see in the top left, there's a, a box there um, that's courtesy of Pistachio Research Board. As the salinity in soil increases in their studies, you can see that at a, a given time period, there was a difference in ET. And they, they're referring to it as ETA, ET actual. Uh, what are the plants actually using and demanding? That's what we're looking at with the satellites. It's the same concept. We're just not having to go through and manually do it as they're doing it. We're getting these reports generated for you every week. So uh, as we just said, failure to lower salinity in the orchard is gonna reduce that plant growth and vigor. And obviously when you have less uh, surface area of a plant, you're definitely going to have less water demand. It also can stop the plant from pulling water in and decreases osmotic potential. And so you're going to decrease water being pulled in, but also nutrients and things like that. Um, pistachios are significantly more salt tolerant than almonds. Uh, I think most people know that, especially if you grow uh, both of them. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a yield impact. Uh, basically, uh, looking through some research, you can see up to a 3% yield decline per deci semen of salinity. So um, even at the 2.3 deci semen up there, that's an opportunity for yield loss. So making sure that you're managing that salinity is really important. And the bottom left picture is actually a grower that I was working with and we were using the micro irrigation system in between rain events to try and make sure we had the profile filled maximum uh, capacity so that when the next rain event came through, we could flush as many of those salts as possible. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, on a final note, uh, some of the research shows the UCB1 rootstock uh, maybe the most salt tolerant of the rootstocks. Uh, they're continuing to do some more trials, but uh, if you're looking to plant a new orchard and you're in a salinity uh, prone area, that might be something you might want to look at. So Corey, the uh, still the best defense or the best uh, remedy, not defense to uh, high salinity in your soil is a good rainstorm that'll push it all down. Those tend to help, but unfortunately in California, we don't seem to get many anymore and uh, especially at the southern end of the valley. So yeah, obviously making sure that 
your soil profile is full uh, in and around those rain events is going to be really important because if your profile is really dry, even though the trees are in dormancy and you say, hey, I don't need water uh, for those trees, if you just use the rainfall to fill the profile, you didn't really move the salts. So um, working with, again, somebody who kind of understands uh, that type of the business, you can probably maximize the efficiency of that rainstorm by using your irrigation system, even when your crop isn't necessarily in demand. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you. Of course. So the technical jargon of, of what I just said would be something that looks like this. Uh, this is basically a leaching fraction or a leaching requirement. And so what they do is, is we, we need to customize it for each field, but essentially it's a fraction or percentage of the water applied throughout a season needed to manage uh, or maintain salinity in a root zone. So um, to kind of break it down, based on the ITRC handbook, which is a great resource for anybody who's using any of these irrigation systems, it's about two to 8% of the water applied throughout the season, but in extreme cases, it can be 30 to 40%, um, which is pretty intense. You can think 30 to 40% of 40 inches of water, that, that could be a lot of water used just to manage salinity. So it's important to understand those numbers, stay on top of them and make sure you take opportunities. I know we just got a little bit of rain here in California this week. So make sure you stay on top of that post harvest. So kind of going into Hyperview and the products um, that, that still come with the satellite imaging. We talked about Hypergrow, which is what the tree water demand is or getting you ETA, actual ET of your crop and basically developing KC curves for you. Another thing that you need to consider is looking at tree vigor, because again, we talked about vigor and its impact on water demand, but vigor can also give you opportunities and insights to look at uh, different things in your orchard. So this is that same field in Kern County. You can see the shop area here, and there's obviously some darker pixels. And this was actually done at a different time, but this is on a um, red to green gradient with yellow being in the middle. So green is being uh, really robust, really full, kind of like the orchard behind you there, Richard, uh, on your backdrop. And, and um, obviously red would be, you know, bare dirt, um, not really any foliage growing. And so it's important to be able to look at the vigor uniformity because maybe the water use is there, but if the vigor isn't, there may be something else going on as well. Uh, again, you can get these images here, you get the uh, actual analytical data, and then you also get it in easy to view chart formats like you can see here, so you can track it. Again, this field all the way up until harvest was over 95% easily. So we feel very comfortable about how that orchard's performing. And um, again, it's just more data to help you drive management decisions. So Corey, what else can this vigor help me diagnose in my field? So there's some notes there, um, you know, obviously talking about salinity, soil type differences, maybe uh, nutrient deficiencies, pests, but I think it's kind of a, a great segue into what I wanted to go into next. So here's a bigger uniformity map or image of a 160 acre block. This is a grower that I work with. The purple lines I added in there. So normally you would just see the different pixels and the different colors. And obviously you can see a lot of variability in this field. And so looking at these uh, different bigger numbers and, and values, uh, what I did was, is I went and I, I did a simple overlay of the irrigation system for you and uh, did it in purple so it would stand out. But the dashed lines in the middle is where the hose break is, where uh, the emitter line is cut and then there are flush ends. And then the solid purple lines are where uh, the irrigation uh, manifold system would come. So the supply to your laterals or drip emitters. And so if you can kind of see the correlation of the irrigation system layout, 
and then where the red ends are, it's actually tends to be where the end of the tubing is here in the middle, where the cut is, and then also here at the terminal end on the far edges of the field. And so once we overlaid that and kind of looked at the layout of the system, we went, wow, that seems to really match up with irrigation and especially pressures. Let's go take a look at the system. Well, upon further inspection, we cut out some emitters and you can see here, we actually have some plugging of these emitters in these areas. So we were able to go through, perform a proper flushing. I know I did a, I'll do a plug for my webinar a few weeks ago and uh, where I did one on the micro irrigation maintenance, but it's an opportunity to be able to go and um, learn something and then apply it to the field. All we did was is we looked at this image and went, wow, that matches up with the irrigation system. It must be something to do with the irrigation system. Maybe it was um, an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? There's, there's roads here. Oh, it's might flare up because there's dusty roads and guys drive down the road too fast. Again, it, we didn't know we really had the problem until we looked at the bigger map. So just another opportunity. So we talked about that site-specific monitoring and looking at your specific fields. Again, it's really important to understand that you need to get the values for your fields, not just for your crops, because every field is different. And I talked about those small differences adding up over the course of a year. Again, those same four orchards all at the same time, rootstock, et cetera. The highest block water use wise circled down here in red used one inch more water than the lowest block, which is circled here in blue what I consider to be the average blocks water use wise, these two are pretty close to each other. It's still the highest block used over half an inch more. That's a significant amount of water. If we were only monitoring this 77 acre block or we only had a moisture probe or you know, something like that in that one block, we could have looked at buying supplemental water on this ranch because of where it's located and working with the grower, we were looking at $800 an acre foot to purchase supplemental water. If we could have irrigated based off of the demand of this block, we could have spent an additional $25,000 one season on supplemental water that we didn't actually need. We just would have thought we would have needed it because, hey, this block needs it. Well, they're all the same. Why wouldn't that one? What if we went the other way and we irrigated to what this block actually was using? This block would have been shorted. So there are opportunities to, to look at this multiple ways, but putting it in the fact that we could have bought a lot of supplemental water that we didn't need. That's, that's pretty incredible. And then obviously these trees are growing through, uh, like I said, I believe there's a fourth leaf now. So before you could actually see uh, what we used last year and then you can see the increase this year. And obviously once you have a mature orchard, hopefully those numbers start to stabilize a little bit and you can make sure that, hey, you know what? Yeah, it was a little bit warmer this year. Um, so we did use a little bit more water than last but you can always have that information readily available. So just something that I wanted to pull up as a really prime example of what monitoring all these acres has really allowed us to do. And so I, again, I know you touched on some of this earlier, but we are certified to help. I think that's really important. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there, a lot of consultants that'll um, tell you all these wonderful things that you wanna hear. But for me, it's again, show me the numbers, show me the data, show me your experience. So Jane Irrigation is the most certified company by the Irrigation Association. We have nine certified irrigation designers and 11 certified ag irrigation specialists. We also have multiple certified crop advisors through the American Society of Agronomy. So we can help you access all this data and then help you understand it. And one of my favorite things is when I talk to growers about technology and about all this data, because there's so many people throwing all these things at them, is that without advice, 
technology turns data into work, not solutions. Yeah. So that's my favorite saying. Um, a lot of people will get you a lot of numbers, but I need to be able to tell you what to do with it. And that's what my job is as a certified crop advisor, as an irrigation designer, is to work with you and make sure that I'm helping you, not just giving, charging you money and giving you more work. And so in summary, kind of looking at this um, in, in total, um, if I was gonna work with a, a new grower, plan your irrigation system, think about those product styles. Do you need, a, you need inline emitters or do you wanna go with buttons? We talked about some of the opportunities with each of those. Do you need CNL? That's a big product uh, quality differentiator and an opportunity for you to do something different on your ranch. Understand the warranty of the products you're buying. We have a 12 year full warranty. Nobody else in the industry has that. And then also make sure you work with certified professionals at these dealerships. Um, there are plenty of lists online. The Irrigation Association has all current license holders available online. So make sure you're working with uh, people that invest time and in, into education and understanding. Then plan and manage your irrigation season. So you need to budget your water based on demand. I told you, hey, look at the old KC values, look at some of the new ones, and then let me get the satellite imaging for you. Well, Corey, how do I go this season without having any history? Well, the great thing is, is we actually have access to the previous two years of your field's performance. So we can pull the satellite data from the past and we can give you a water budget and say, hey, this is how much water you used last season on this block. So you can budget for that and plan for that. Then we wanna use that technology to track that water demand week to week because we figured out how much it adds up over the course of a season. We wanna use the technology to track that water applied. If you um, know how many hours you ran and you're, you have a flow meter, we can hook up to that and we can keep record that you can give to your water district or to a manager or anybody to say, hey, this is how much water we've been applying. And then use that technology to manage that tree health. We're looking at the water that it's using, but now we're looking at the vigor. Maybe we're giving it all the water that it needs, but we still have issues. Oh, is it pest? Is it nutrient? It just gives you an extra set of eyes to look at it. And then of course, as the Irrigation Association always says, select certified. Water, nutrients, labor, they're all expensive. I don't need to tell you that, you know it. Please don't waste those resources. Work with somebody who's qualified and make sure you're getting good advice. So Corey, thank you. This was an amazing amount of information uh, done in a way that was really understandable and uh, very interesting. Thank you. Now, if I've seen all this and it's uh, almost too much for me to take in, um, is Jane offering any water management uh, advisory or services right now? What, what's that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So that, this is really born out of that. And uh, I think hopefully you can sense my passion for the subject. Uh, we are offering uh, water management services as part of our JLogic portfolio. And so um, there's a number of different ways to get involved with that. But if you reach out to us and it's something that you're interested in, and we're more than happy to work with you and make sure that we can get you this advice, again, in a tangible way to say, hey, we are your trusted advisor, as we like to call ourselves in, in the water world. And so we're your Jane trusted advisor, and we're going to help you uh, disseminate all this information and make sure that you can apply it to your field. Yeah. And the greatest way to get all this information really is through Jane Logic. And mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I think through December, there's a great special right now. Is that right? Yeah, there definitely is. I don't have the, the full specifics in front of me, but there's an opportunity, I believe, uh, to trade in some of your old equipment if you're uh, coming from a different company 
and you, you want to uh, look at upgrading to what we're doing solution-wise, we're offering some trading credits there. And then there's also, I believe, some discounts on buying a new C3, which is our uh, monitoring box, uh, new equipment there as well. Yeah, I think they're actually giving the uh, whole one-year one service, about $850 value uh, for each C3. So that's through the end of December. Yeah, so, so again, some great opportunities to jump in. And like I said, we can get you the data going forward, but we also have some of your data historically as well. Somebody like myself can come out, look at your irrigation system, make sure you're up to par. Uh, this time of year is a great time to do it because it is raining from time to time. And then also uh, we don't have any real plant demand. So there's some opportunities there for sure. Yeah. So again, Corey, thank you so much. Great job. I uh, really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to be really helpful to a lot of growers. So thanks for that. And for all of you who joined us uh, today, thank you for uh, tuning in. We really appreciate it. We know this is a valuable part of your day at a valuable time of year. So we really appreciate that. And uh, if you want to catch any of uh, Corey's or any of the other past trainings we've done, they're all on the uh, Jane's USA website. I uh, just search for irrigation trainings and you'll see all of them there. They're also on Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. So you can listen to them in your truck, uh, driving around. Uh, so you don't um, make making, making that time a little bit more productive. So again, thanks a lot, Corey. I appreciate it. And um, this, is, uh, this is our last broadcast uh, th for this year. Uh, we'll be back the first week of January, but uh, thanks again, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thank you guys.